Hey, it's Shanna, and this is the At Home Tarot Podcast, where we're building a home within ourselves, one daily spiritual practice at a time. Good morning, or hello, whatever time of day it is. Thank you for being here for our daily spiritual practice of tarot. I'm really excited about today's message, and um, just excited to be recording. I had to take a day off yesterday, you might have noticed. If you are someone who kind of checks in daily, it was just a, a hard day on the COVID front, of which I have currently. Um, I talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, and um, oh, it just, it is the gift that keeps on giving here to me. <laughs> Uh, so you might notice my voice is a little off this morning. Um, and I have lost my sense of smell and taste over the last day and a half. So I will say, though, <clears throat> the reason I'm calling this a gift is because I fancy myself. I call myself a very um, sensual, valued person. Um, and by that, I don't mean that, you know, I, whatever you have in your head of what sensuality looks like, might not be me, might not be me. Uh, I'm not that person who's in flowy dresses, dancing or in the ocean or lighting candles and having this, these deep tantric sex circles with my partner, um, just to go there, um, whatever you assume sensuality has to be, um, might not be as simple as mine because simple is my other value. Um, but what I mean by being a sensual person is I deeply enjoy my senses and I deeply enjoy, um, allowing them to enjoy life. Um, I think that uh, presence is gained through the senses and sensuality. And I think it gets to be as simple as you need it to be. And in fact, I often think it can be these days simpler than I ever thought. You know, I used to think it meant aesthetically everything had to be perfect around me, that I did need to play into those pictures and those those roles, um, which are fun to step into. If you're doing it consciously, you just, you're like, yes, I am stepping into the role of this very sensual looking person for this very particular thing. And, and in that can really enjoy, uh, the role playing aspect along with the sensuality. I love that, but I am just not that person naturally. So, um, um, all that to say that to have no taste and no smell, I thought it would be, um, hell, <laughs> sorry to say, I really thought it would be, um, I love food, um, and, and my relationship with food is off, um, uh, you know, I've always been someone who's gravitated to food for my um, emotional void filling, like we all usually have something. 
And so to me, that felt like a giving up of a sacrifice. And what I've realized is that it is offering me so much to not smell and taste things, to not be consuming these aesthetic things for just the taste and the comfort factor of taste and, and smell. You know, I'm sitting here having my tea, my, my turmeric zest tea that I cannot for the life of me taste or smell. And now I can feel the hot water. I can feel the zing, the, the, what it's doing to my tongue. I've actually really enjoyed it. Um, I was eating yogurt yesterday and yogurt, while you kind of know it, but you're lost in the taste and the smell, it, it has this sort of weird tingle to it. I'm noticing the different tingles my food have in my mouth. And same, um, I have been sniffing some eucalyptus. Of course, I can't smell it, essential oil. But when I smell it, uh, I I get this vibration and a certain kind of tingle in my nose compared to when I smell the lemon or the blood orange, which is a whole different kind of sensation. It's very interesting. And to be honest, I'm very happy to be having this experience. It's reminding me, you know, that there's more going on um, than taste and smell, you know, um, super interesting and wanted to share that experience. And so I'm kind of walking through going, hmm, like what textures do I actually enjoy? Uh, very cool. All right. I can tell you, I love a lot of cold. I do not enjoy it without the taste. I really just don't. Um, I was eating a fudgicle yesterday because I just love cold ice cream when I'm sick um, in any shape or form and realized I don't, I'm not sure I really like this, you know, without the taste, I'm not sure the texture and the temperature. Oh, talk about the temperature of food in my mouth. So rarely am I noticing that. And now I am anyways, I don't want to make this a whole thing, <laughs> even though I just did. But I wanted to offer that if anybody else has had COVID and it hasn't been so bad, like mine, it's quite mild. So I can be at home. I can, you know, be eating and drinking and doing these things. Uh, I, you know, very lucky that it's not worse. Um, yeah, it's just cool. And, and if you do end up in a similar situation, just I'm sure that you will think of this podcast <laughs> and go, Oh, this is what she was talking about. I will get into today's tarot reading now. Um, I have been really rambly. I have been really sherry. Um, I'm sure there's a different energy to the podcast I'm doing. Um, kind of while I'm not, you know, up to par. Um, so just excuse me. Give me a little bit of grace today and over the last few. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed all of them. Um, but I know that I, I chat a lot when I'm sick, uh, fire sign here. I chat a lot. Okay. So our cards today, the first card in self-abandonment is the eight of cups and our self-returning is the reversed 
Hierophant card, which is the fifth card of the Major Arcana, and it is Taurus energy. So I want you to really consider what you're experiencing in your life right now. You know, what situations have been happening in the last few days, today, maybe already, last night, all those things. Consider um, what is on your mind the most. Of course, I really want to talk about this through a relationship lens. Um, but of course, you can always replace the word relationship with um, with business, with family, with health, that sort of thing, depending on your instance. So sudden intention, I want you to just take a breath if you can, wherever you are. And in that breath, just ask the question, say the phrase, um, show me something, offer me something here for that. Um, show me something. You know, we're asking source to um, be in this process with us so we can center ourselves, center our spirit within us, center our soul within us, really stabilize that piece of us in who we are so we can walk through the world today and not forget about who we are, but also be able to offer a more um, or a less transactional type of love and actually connect more with people, be less afraid of people in that sense. That's often how I, how I um, phrase it. It feels like being less afraid of people and what they're going to say and do. And so you actually get to interact with them more. So with today's energy, it's a very um, interesting mix. And something came through that I think is a really important so let me just kind of set that up and then I'll, I'll kind of tell you what that is. So in self-abandonment, we have the Eight of Cups. Now the Eight of Cups comes out of the Seven of Cups, which we've talked about, which are all these cups up in the air in a cloud, somebody looking upon them, and they all have different desires in them. The Eight is that feeling of coming out of that experience, having what you have, and still feeling like something is missing. It's associated with an eclipse season type of deal, which is being big things being revealed to you. Now the eight cups are in the foreground, right at the front of the card. And there's five on the bottom and three on the top, which are starting to stack like a pyramid. But one right in the middle is obviously missing from its place. And somebody is in the background walking away with a walking stick. They're wearing red, which is the same as the hair font in, the, in this particular deck. And so we assume that they're going to look for that missing piece, that thing that's going to fulfill them, that thing that they want, that thing that they desire, that now in the landscape of their life, they can see what's still missing. Because they've contemplated long enough, they've stabilized their life enough. You know, the Seven of Cups is not stable, everything is untethered. Now the cups are grounded they're structured, they're stable, and you can see 
where a piece is missing, just like you would a house. You can see where a wall or, you know, a window is missing or something like that in the structure. And so this person is, has made the decision to um, leave them behind and go search for that missing cup, that missing dream and desire, really that missing piece. <clears throat> Just recall this isn't self-abandoned. And I'm going to talk about what this is, but I want to explain the Hierophant as well. These go together in a very clear kind of message. So the Hierophant card is associated with Taurus, and it's the fifth card of the Major Arcana. And in it, there is the quintessential picture of a religious leader, kind of on a pedestal or on a throne between two pillars with his um, their hands up. And down below are two people kneeling and two keys being crossed. And so this can have certain associations uh, on a very surface level. People often like to say this is two people getting married. I don't often always see it that way, but it does carry that. We can imagine um, a priest or a minister or um, somebody of that realm up in front of people in church with two people below getting married. But at its base, it's us coming into union um, and us coming into union with ourselves, <clears throat> with source, with another. You know, it is really about as well, the structure. Notice how that's the stability, the structure of how to do it. How do you come into this union? The Hierophant asks. This spiritual union, whether it's with your partner or with yourself or with source. And with it reversed, it brings with it the downfall of the Hierophant, which is it's right or it's wrong. It's dogmatic. It is the not the spirituality, but the religion aspect. It's the rules. It's the judgment of right versus wrong, this way or that way. And that there is a clear right way to do things. And you have to build something within a certain kind of structure. You have to do relationship a certain way. You have to do marriage a certain way. You have to do love a certain way. You have to um, have a relationship with yourself in a certain way. You have to connect to source in a very certain way. If it's not done the right way, then you're doing it the wrong way. That is what the card says in reverse. How the heck does this bring us back to ourselves? <laughs> it's usually a jolt, right? Usually when, when this kind of energy, we have to start acknowledging. We have to start acknowledging it and we have to start shedding, shedding our right and wrong around things. And so the big message, and I had to write it down because of course my head is um, just who knows where it's at. 
<laughs> Luckily, I'm able to even do this podcast. Um, but it, it's forgetful, you know, it, it, it's getting all over the place sometimes. And so when this came through, I thought, oh, my, thank you, Source. <laughs> I really needed this clarity. And what I saw here was how we assume that something is wrong, that something is missing, right? With this eight of cups, something is missing, something is bad, something is wrong. And moving into the Hierophant allows us to finally see that we see it that way. And we can start shedding the dogma and shedding the rules. Now, in this day and age, if you're not surrounded by religion, you might be, in which case certain aspects about your relationship or about yourself might be seen as bad or wrong or you're missing something. You may feel like you're missing something. And we need to shed this. <clears throat> we need to see where exactly we're getting that and shed it. So it might be religion. However, more that came through is one, when did we learn it as a child? That's always going to be an important piece. So if something feels like it's missing in your life, if things are starting to stabilize and you still don't feel happy, and you're asking yourself what's missing and you're searching out that thing, you're searching out that thing that's going to make it right, going to make it good, going to make it whole. Where are you going for that? You know, these days we go to people online. Most often, all of us, whether it's Google or social media. And we type in, how do I make my relationship better? <laughs> or we follow people who emulate a good relationship for us. Or maybe we're looking at friends and family as well. But where do you go to figure out what a relationship looks like or what your relationship with yourself should be like? Just like I said at the beginning with sensuality and the role that people play online, you know, we have to be careful when we see images online of relationships because they are stylized. I mean, that's what a photo shoot is. <laughs> it's let's pose this. And it's supposed to be an artistic expression of the message a lot of the time. And so I think it's really important for us to remember that, especially with people who talk about relationship, that in fact, the people I trust the most to talk about relationship don't go around flaunting um, their relationship. They don't excavate their relationship. <clears throat> it reminds me of like, um, like an Esther Perel, um, or even a Brené Brown, who will talk to you about relationships and even their experience of relationship. But they don't feel the need to stylize photos in order to talk about what is healthy, 
They don't need to use the image of their relationship to offer their wisdom. And so we have to start looking and that doesn't mean if someone does that they're wrong. In fact, there's some beautiful people out there I follow who have very stylized looks to relationship advice or self relationship advice. I just have to keep my head that most of those photos are stylized. And the people I trust the most are the ones that show me what their real life looks like more often than the stylized version. All this to say what I wrote down is that we assume something's missing. And sometimes it's the very people who are teaching us, like the Hierophant, who are guiding us, who are actually forming that structure inside of our brain that says this is what it has to be. This is where, this is why your relationship is missing something. This is why it's bad. This is why it's wrong. This is what it looks like when it's good. This is what it looks like when it's right. This is, this is the, the missing pieces that you don't have, that you need to have. I question those people because it's a denial of so many, um, aspects of relationship. It denies culture. It denies belief system. Uh, it, it denies so much. And in fact, when I started to intentionally follow more, um, queer relationship advice, that's actually when I found more realness and more openness. And um, not, you know, there's some of the same issues you will come across and they're not issues, they're just stylized looks. But that advice actually began to resonate with me more because it was more open. It was more fluid. It was more assumed that everyone was whole and everything was okay. Um, where the heteronormative is often something's bad and we need to fix it. Something isn't right and we need to make it whole. You know, that is the eight of cups. Something is missing and we need to make it whole. And the Hierophant says, I have the answer. But with the Hierophant in reverse, we're trying to shed that. We're really trying to look it in the face and understand it. And I wrote this down and I hope it resonates. Instead of assuming a relationship is missing something, is bad, is wrong, what if you assumed it was whole, just as it was? Instead of assuming you are missing something, are bad, are wrong, what if you assumed you are whole, just as you are? We get this message a lot, especially if you're in the self-development wellness community. You are whole. You are full. You know, we are getting that messaging now. But what if we started applying that to more than just ourselves? Because it's not even just that we think that we are bad, wrong, broken, or missing some vital piece of us. It's that we start to look at the world in the same way. 
We start to look at our relationships like they're bad, wrong, something's missing, um, you know, in, in need of fixing. We start to look at our business and our jobs like something's missing, something's bad, something's wrong. We aren't looking at anything as if it's whole. Let me tell you what I think whole is because I think we use this imagery and this word wholeness and we never talk about what it means. Or very rarely. I definitely know people who talk about what it means, but we so rarely do we clarify. Wholeness means it is exactly as it should be. It is exactly what it is. No missing pieces. Now, when we decide that we aren't whole or we decide a relationship isn't whole, what we are saying is that it should be different. Now, listen to that. Should. Okay, we know that that is a big word in codependence. That's expectations. Be different. Meaning it shouldn't be what it is. Well, that is the deep programming of so many of our cultures is that we need to change. We need to fix. And so this is our fixing thing again. Now, wholeness, to judge wholeness would actually mean that you are rising yourself up on a pedestal and playing God. You know, you're playing source, you're playing everything because all of a sudden, we take it upon ourselves to know if something should be more than what it is right now. And I believe none of us really have that power. I think all of us get to sit down and decide if we want to be in relationships, if we want to be in jobs. But that is sovereignty, that is choice, that's agency. And we make that decision based on a lot of different factors. Some people on how happy they are, some people, it'll be on what the future might hold. Other people, it's other standards of why they stay or why they go. None of those are wrong. And the relationship is already whole. It already is what it is. There's no missing piece because it, it just is what it is. Now, tomorrow, it may be something different. This is not to deny growth, evolution. What it is, is that we will ruin, um, you know, we, we will put undue pressure on ourselves and our relationships because we don't assume they're whole. If your relationship was whole today and you said, this relationship is whole, there's nothing missing, everything that's here is supposed to be here, that's that. How would that change? your disposition towards it. In fact, how would that change the way you're dealing with it and whether you continue in it or you step outside of it? If it was already whole and you had to stop chasing, trying to make it good, trying to make it better, trying to fill in the gaps, if it was already whole, what would you do? And that's where we need to get to, because we want to do that with ourselves as well. If I assumed I was already everything I'm meant to be today, then I can stop trying to fix myself and just start making choices.
And when we remember that it's choices, it's choices, right? Those pillars, there's a duality in the Hierophant that's preparing for the lover's card. We have to step into relationship with ourselves and others, knowing that all of it is whole and everybody in it is whole. Nobody is missing some vital piece of themselves. The relationship isn't missing some vital piece because it is what it already is. And in it is its wholeness. And from there, we can stop trying to fix. We can stop seeking out people to tell us if it's right or wrong or what we're missing and how to get there. We can stop all that. We just trust ourselves to make choices day by day or make big ones if we have to make big ones. So that's what I have for you today. I hope that really resonated. It certainly did for me. And uh, I hope you walk through the day looking at things like they're whole. You know, your job is already whole. Nothing's missing. If nothing was missing, how would you act? What would you do? What choice would you make? Your relationship's already whole. So what choice would you make? If nothing was missing, if you couldn't go find something and fix something and make things better, if it was already whole, what choice would you make today? Same with you. If you assumed you were already whole, you didn't need anything to fix you or make you better or make you right, what different choices would you make today? That's how I want you to live today. And uh, that's what you can apply to the day to day. Do not get lost in the right and wrong. Do not get lost in what other people are telling you or showing you who are putting themselves on a pedestal and saying, follow me. Just shed a lot of that. It feels like a good day to unfollow a lot of people, even if you find them again, right? In time, it feels like a good thing today. All right, I'm going to leave you there. I hope you have a beautiful one. I care about you and talk to you tomorrow. Bye now. Thank you for joining me at home for our daily practice today. If you'd like deeper insight into your current energy, head over to jennadale.com slash insight messages to order a personalized reading from me and be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. So you can join me again tomorrow. See you then. Thank you.